So Money Episode 821, Ask Farnoosh with special co-host Brandon Oprey, Certified Financial Planner. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. You're listening to So Money, everyone. December 14th. The new year is upon us almost. Is anyone getting nervous? I I get a little agitated in December. There's way too much on our plates, right? Between holidays, family stuff, work stuff. Why does everybody have deadlines in December? Do you feel me, listeners? I'm grateful for the work, but could we just space it out a little bit more in 2019? I'm just saying. Uh, But it's always fun to do this podcast because I feel like this is when I can kind of take a breath, relax, learn something new, engage with all of you, which has been so much fun throughout the year. Next week, stay tuned. And actually the next two weeks, stay tuned for year-end summaries of 2018 on So Money. So I did this last year and I think the year before that, where I dedicate each day of the show in the last two weeks of 20, in this case, 2018, to recapping some of the awesome thematic shows that we had. So whether it's like women and investing or small business or kids and money, um, stay tuned for some of those really great episodes that we had. I'm going to pull excerpts from a lot of different interviews to give you some flavor of what happened this year, the kinds of guests we had on, the variety of things we talked about, all within particular subjects. So within money, within the topic of money, there's a lot of ways we go and you're going to really enjoy the next two weeks of content because I think, uh, like I said, if you missed out on anything this year, there'll be some nice reminders to go back and listen to episodes, full episodes, if you really liked what you heard in the year-end, so many year-end summaries. So, So stay tuned for that. I put a lot of effort into these episodes. I hope you'll check them out. Really going through the year's worth of content and cherry picking the stuff that I really appreciated and that listeners really resonated with. So stay tuned for that. Uh, if you miss anything from this week, we had Susie Carter on Monday, who is a queen at earning. She has helped big brands, people like um, Steve Harvey and Lisa Nichols really earn their potential. The, the, she's the force behind a lot of these big earners in the world and also co- companies that are killing it in terms of revenue. So Susie Carter, who actually uh, started out quite poor, single mom, very inspirational story. And uh, we had Jenny Shi on Wednesday, another incredible entrepreneur. And today we have the great privilege of inviting on our show a listener pulled from the audience, but also in his own right, an expert, a money expert. We have Brandon Opry. I love saying his last name because it sounds like Oprah, but it's Opry. And not for nothing, Brandon and I share an alma mater, Penn State. Brandon, welcome to So Money. Good afternoon. Thank you. <laughs> it is a good afternoon where you're sitting in Florida, sir. It's a little cold here in New York, a lot cold. But uh, welcome to the show. It's really nice to connect with you. And, and, and especially because you're somebody who really did the outreach. You reached out, you wrote a great email, you uh, 
you showed a lot of enthusiasm for wanting to co-host with me, and I, I really appreciate that. It doesn't take a lot of effort to to, to get a co-hosting seat on this show. Just got to show enthusiasm and interest, and you also did the good work of mentioning that we both went to Penn State. How was that experience for you, by the way? Were, was that your first choice college? Go Nittany Lions. Um, I mean, I got accepted to four colleges. Penn State was up there, but uh, at the end of the day, I flipped a coin between mm-hmm. Penn State and Clemson. And uh, it landed on Penn State. I majored in finance. So did you. You did finance and economics. You also have your MBA from Florida Atlantic University. You're a financial advisor, founder of Trust Tree Financial. It's a boutique RIA firm in South Florida. You have clients all over the country. You also have a nonprofit called the Unforgettable Prom Foundation. Tell us about that. That sounds really cool. <laughs> Thanks. Yes, that's uh, something I started doing about 10 years ago. Uh, And what we do is we put on the ultimate prom experience for teenagers who are battling cancer. So we partner with um, seven area hospitals in the South Florida area, and we bring them all together for one magical night of entertainment and fun and good memories. Wow. How did you come up with this idea? It's brilliant. I wish there was uh, some kind of interesting story, but it just turned out uh, it was an idea that I had. I had actually... um, I had a client out in California who participated in one out there, and she used to tell me all about it. And um, I just thought it was the coolest thing. So knowing that there was nothing like that in South Florida, I said, you know what? I'm going to make this happen here. And here we are in our 10th year doing it. And uh, it's a pretty great feeling. You're very charitable. I will I will brag a little bit about you on that front. I mean, you, <laughs> you, you're a big volunteer, lots of organ. I think that's... Uh, also, while you probably did well at Penn State, Penn State, you know, FON, the biggest philanthropic uh, program at any university, fundraiser at any university. Were you involved with FON, which is the ultimate dance marathon, which I danced in for, was it 24 hours? It felt like 500 hours. Maybe it's 48 hours. I can't even remember. I probably kind of blocked that from my memory a little bit. <laughs> I never danced, but I did help uh, raise money for it. That's yeah, great. great cause. And it's a huge event at Penn State. So you have an interesting perspective. You have such a such a in the trenches perspective, right? Helping so many people with their finances as your job. And you do this with people all over the country, as I mentioned. What's top of mind right now, particularly this time of year? What are some of the concerns, questions that continue to pop up uh, from your from your end? Well, I, I think just being at the end or well into a 10-year uh, bull market, uh, the question I get the most is, is it going to keep going up or when is this pullback going to happen? So I think I get that more than anything. And um, now that we've seen volatility ramp up a little bit, uh, you know, people are, people are getting a little nervous now. Hmm. Yeah. Is it, is it uh, and rightfully so, you think? Are you nervous? <laughs> You're never nervous. You're cool as a cucumber. <laughs> Part of my job is to be the calm in the storm. But uh, no, I, I mean, what I do with clients is I make sure that they understand the nature of investing. And I do my best to prepare them for good times and, you know, stormy environments. So, you know, I set the expectation early that the markets don't just go up, up, up. Mm-hmm. Uh, there will be down years, pullbacks, what have you. And you know, we can just do our best to prepare for, you know, when and if that happens. 
And what do you do to prepare? You just shore up the cash, you increase your reserves. There's really not much else you can do. Pay down your debt, I suppose. That's obvious. <laughs> yeah, well, a lot of what I do is uh, you know, managing the investments for people. And, you know, the most common thing is, you know, diversify. So, you know, you have proper allocations to stocks, bonds, alternatives, or what have you, cash. You know, everyone needs their, you know, little cash emergency fund on the side. But um, other than that, I mean, you can, you can invest in certain products and add protection to the portfolio uh, to insulate you somewhat if and when we do get that pullback. Hmm. Well, I'm happy to have you with us because we have a lot of questions from listeners, some regarding retirement. There's uh, questions regarding, um, you know, student loan debt. And there's actually a question from a fellow Penn Stater, which I'm looking forward to bringing up. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I went to Penn State. People find you. Do you find that too? Like you have clients who come to you because, oh, I went to Penn State too. And clearly we must have a lot in common and I must like you. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I, I mean... I do tend to, I don't know, gravitate, but I get along well with other Penn Staters. Um, and how I found you a couple of years ago, you know, I'm researching podcasts on financial topics because I love to learn and, and just be a part of the discussions. And then I, I read your background. And I said, oh, wow, this girl's from Penn State. I, I definitely want to <laughs> tune into this one. So that's what uh, that was the initial draw to your podcast. Well, we appreciate you having you in the audience and now co-hosting. Let's move on to the questions. Without further ado, we have a question here from Leanne. She wrote into the website at somoneypodcast.com. Everybody can do this. By the way, just a reminder, you can go to the website. There's a little Ask Farnoosh button at the top right, which there you can write your question or you can voice your question. Love the voicemail. So if you're bold and want to do that, I highly encourage you. But Brandon, she's kind of on the fence about Roth IRAs. You know, we often talk about Roth IRAs on this program, and I'm sure you do with your clients about the benefits for retirement savings. It's a great vehicle, um, especially when you're young and you're kind of in a lower tax bracket and you can still qualify because, you know, Roth IRAs, there is a bit of an income threshold. Once you exceed it, you can't no longer uh, contribute, but uh, you can withdraw the um, from your Roth IRA in retirement without any tax burden. And that is attractive in some cases. It's, it creates some diversification from your tax exposure and retirement uh, in contrast to a traditional IRA, which you know benefits you today tax-wise. You get to reduce your taxable income with that contribution today. Um, but she's like, I'm not really sold on the Roth IRA. You know, she gets, she gets all the things. She's like, I get that you're diversifying your tax exposure. Um, but here's the rub. She's like, what if you're retiring and you are in a much lower tax bracket? Cause she's assuming I'm not making, she's not going to make any money in retirement. And, and if she does, it's going to be lower than what she's making today. That's a, that's a you know valid question. So in that case, if you're somebody who's a little, uh, maybe, um, maybe optimistic, right? That your taxes are going to actually, uh, your tax bracket's going to reduce in retirement. That maybe you should just stick with the traditional IRA. Or are there other ba- benefits to a Roth that maybe she should know about? Yes, I, I know you. You do a good job covering the Roth IRAs in your podcast, and I too, I'm a big fan of the Roth IRA. Um, here in the holiday season, if I can wrap them up and give them out as Christmas gifts, I would. Really. <laughs> Why do you love them so much? What's what's your love affair with the Roth IRA about? Well, 
I'll add the disclaimer, as great as they could be, I don't think it's always a slam dunk decision. So it's it's good to hear the other side of the coin and the concerns because there are pros and cons to it, just like anything else. I mean, I think one major difference is with the traditional IRA or a 401k, you are forced to take distributions at age you know, 70 and a half and whatnot. Um, with a Roth IRA, you're not forced. So if you don't need the income and you you don't want to take the income and, and have a tax, you know, that's one advantage. But I think the other thing um, regarding Leanne's question is you could assume that um, you would have no income because you retired from the workforce, as she said. But we're in a very low tax bracket today in general. I mean, one of the lowest, if not the lowest in the past 80 or 100 years. So, you know, I don't know how much she's making, but let's say uh, on a $100,000 income, whether you're you know, married couple or, or single, you could be in the 22% bracket or maybe even the 12% tax bracket. Um, if you pulled a room full of experts, you know, do you think rates are going to go higher, you know, in the future, 5, 10, 20 years from now from where they're at currently? I, I think they'd all raise their hand and say, yeah, they're going higher. So today you're in a 22% bracket, 12% bracket with that kind of income. I wouldn't be surprised if it goes higher and it could be in excess of 30%. You never know right? Um, by the time she wants to take it out. So you can't really predict the future, but I do believe that there is opportunity to have both pre-tax and Roth IRA. Yeah. I mean, I'm all for the diversification and it's true. In theory, you're not working retirement, $0 coming in, lower tax bracket. Though let's be also realistic. You were... Yeah, we're living longer and we don't necessarily want to withdraw from the workforce, even though we could, and even though we could start tapping our retirement dollars from these kinds of vehicles at age 59 and a half, like you may not want to, and you may still want to keep working. So just, you know, keep that in mind as well. Maybe you don't have to work, but you want to work. And then another thing I'll just bring up, because I think uh, if we're talking about other kind of unique benefits to the Roth IRA, you mentioned a lot of them, Brandon, but also you, know, you can have easier access to the money before retirement. So I know that, for example, people who uh, you know, live in their life and all of a sudden they need money for a down payment on a home or college expenses, and maybe they hadn't saved enough, and I don't advise this necessarily, but there is an ability to have an early withdrawal from the Roth IRA, um, and and you won't be uh, sort of you won't get that ten percent early withdrawal penalty. Um, and as long as it's only on the portion of the withdrawal that comes from the earnings, just to clarify, won't be penalized ten percent. And then assuming the count is at least five years old, at that point you can withdraw and not face that ten percent early withdrawal penalty, unlike a traditional IRA where you will have to have that penalty applied. So you know it's still uh, you're still going to be t- perhaps um, you know um, I think you'll still be taxed on it if it's an early withdrawal, technically, right? Am I right about that, Brandon? But you won't yes. have that penalty. Of ten of an additional ten percent, which is you know not nothing, and I know some people do use their Roth IRA as an alternative savings vehicle for life, not just retirement. Yeah, so I think you know there's pros and cons, like I said, to the Roth IRA, but I would encourage you to have flexibility over your tax situation and have options in retirement than to not have options. Yes, 
Well, speaking of options and which options to choose, uh, Lindsay writes, she's 25 years old. She's a freelancer, uh, although she's now a full-time marketing consultant in Florida. She was a freelancer, I should say. She makes over six figures. Wow. 25 years old, making over six figures in Florida. That's a, that's a nice life. Um, (laughs) I think the dollar goes a little bit further in Florida than New York. And her question's about student loans. So get this, Lindsay's very on top of things. In addition to making six figures, she has also saved over $65,000 this year. Wow. Um, which is a big improvement. She said this time last year, I had only $5,000 in the bank. She has 12,000 or had $12,000 worth of student loan debt or has, have, I I think she's, the question is, should I pay off my student loans? She has $12,000 in student loan debt. And now her question is, should I pay them off? And the reason she's not sure whether to pay them off is because she's also trying to save for a home and wants to know, like, should she withdraw this money from her savings to pay off her student loans? She doesn't say whether they're public or private, which sometimes clues us into whether it's a higher interest rate or a lower interest rate on the student loan debt. So this really comes down to priorities. It's not that much debt in the grand scheme of student loan debt. The average balance on a student loan bill right now is about $38,000, close to $40,000. So this is a fraction of that. So I don't think she's doing too poorly. It kind of also comes down to like your mental state, right, Brandon? Like sometimes you just got to do things that will make you feel a little bit more at ease with your finances. Yeah, I agree. And I love when you get these types of questions because these are real people and these are real situations. And uh, it's pretty neat to see that they don't know where to go for advice. So they, they <laughs> uh, ask you. So you I can't Google this answer. It's not Google is not <laughs> going to spit out an answer for Lindsay. So thank you, Lindsay, for coming to us. Right. But yeah, like you said, priorities. I mean, what I would tell Lindsay is, or, or talk through some of the, some of the, um, priorities that she she needs to think through but i mean how much emergency fund or, or you know cash does she have liquid on the side that's safe um does she have any retirement savings or or want to save in an ira i talked to her about that um but i mean 25 years old had a good year you know six figures i almost want to say it would be a no-brainer to just knock that debt out regardless of how low her interest rate is but you know, I'd want to talk to her a little bit more and and talk to her about what's what's important. Yeah, I, I um, remember being twenty six, twenty seven, and having uh, more than twice that amount in student loan debt. And <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I got a windfall, I paid it off. And it wasn't a high interest rate. I think my interest rate was like three percent or less, if you can believe it. It was a federal loan, uh, but yet I really wanted to do that because I kind of wanted to get to debt zero. And from there, I really felt so much more at ease. I felt liberated. I felt like I could then really double down on saving and investing. It was great momentum building for me. And whether it was $5,000 or $30,000, I think I would have done it no matter what the amount. It was more just kind of being able to check it off my list. And that created a lot of uh, momentum for me. And, And I think pride as well, which fed into how I also manage my money going forward. I know home buying is on your to-do list as well, but you are just 25. And can you imagine having zero debt at 25 when so many of your peers are buried in debt? Um, you, you're just you're already so much ahead of the curve with your earning and your savings. 
But I think, you know, getting this off your plate can really help to accelerate the rest of your financial life in a way that um, may not seem obvious because you're like, oh, I'm taking money out of savings, but you're a pretty good saver. I feel like you could fill up that hole quickly. If you, if you know, right, Brandon, she saved like, I don't know, was it like $60,000 in a year? <laughs> She'll have no problem coming up with that money again. Yeah. So congrats. Keep up the good work. Um, I mean, focus on the road ahead and, and just keep going forward. Thanks, Lindsay. Thanks, Lindsay. Good luck to you. All right. Question from Maggie, who is our fellow Penn Stater. Yeah, Maggie. She is an international student. Um, She graduated from Penn State and then moved back to Canada, where she's from, to pursue her graduate education. She's now 28. She has a CPA, Certified uh, Public Accountant designation. She's eager to return to the States now to get her MBA, but she's kind of unsure about how to go about it, weighing the costs, um, and really looking at two paths, either a two-year full-time MBA education, which costs like 100K without a scholarship or more in some cases. And um, the other path is perhaps doing an online MBA that a lot of prestigious universities offer, including Penn State. A lot less than you know a traditional MBA. She could probably continue working as well if she does the online route. But the concern is that if she does an online MBA, she's going to miss out on a lot of that face-to-face time and that networking that is inherent to going to school, physically to school and meeting your classmates face-to-face. And so kind of trying to weigh the trade-offs um, and wants our advice. And along those lines, are there any um, MBA programs that we would recommend, um, if whether online or or not, or not. And I guess the first thing I would say to her is, you know, make a pros con list. And it's very hard to ignore the financial burden of going to an MBA program, a real MBA program in person. Hundred thousand dollars is not a little bit of money. It's a lot of money. Now, granted, you have your MBA. Hopefully, it will you know mean more bigger jobs, bigger pay afterwards, and you'll pay that off with relative ease. But it's, you know, it's a bit of a risk, a lot of risk. Um, If your real concern, Maggie, is networking, then I I would say, obviously, the physical MBA going in person is going to be probably better, but don't underestimate the ability to network online. You know, we network so much these days, Brandon, on like LinkedIn and social media And I think these online programs are also aware that they do fall short sometimes on those networking opportunities. So they're going to maybe try to overcome them and make up for them. So I think as you're interviewing and talking to schools, bring that up and talk to other students as well. And maybe you'll find a sweet spot. Maybe you'll find an online program that is very affordable, maybe isn't terrific with networking, but actually does does, uh, provide some really concrete opportunities. And that's kind of what I would say. But Brandon, you have um, your MBA and you did it, I believe, in person um, at an actual school. What would you recommend? For me, the big thing is the dollar sign. So if she's open to an online MBA and it's, I don't know, half the price, uh, I would try to make that happen. Um, Yes, I did go to an MBA in person, but I found equal amounts of education and networking was still available when I took the online courses too. So for me, it was perfectly fine. And to your point about 
uh, online networking, yes. I, I mean, I'm part of FPA, Financial Planning Association, and we have daily emails that go out with questions that advisors have and, you know, group chats and things like that. But also um, the opportunity, I would think, for CPA groups, um, conferences around the country that would be available to her, you know, should she want to go to, you know, San Antonio or Los Angeles for their annual conference. You know, I think that'd be another way she can uh, network with people from all around the country. Yes. Facebook groups. Uh, I was reading an article on usnews.com, which I'll put the link over at so many podcast.com for you, uh, Maggie, but it really kind of weighed the pros cons to online versus on campus MBA programs and kind of gave a really thorough list of schools. I'm not one to recommend schools. I didn't get my MBA. I didn't, I've never done any research, but there are, um, some great tips in this piece, everything from, you know, what to look for in your various programs, some of the leading schools that offer online and on-campus MBAs. And uh, really, I think was very optimistic, this article in general, just about some of the benefits to online courses, particularly for people who are sort of skeptical of the networking opportunities. And the fact is we're living in a very connected world online, digitally. I, um, I mean, even you, Brandon, right? You probably have clients you've never met in person. You kind of work, right? You have clients all over the country. Yeah, my practice is virtual and I do have a number of clients that I haven't met personally face-to-face, but uh, you know, video conferencing serves a lot of that void. There you go. Um, On this list, usnews.com of the top ranked on-campus MBA programs that also offer the degree online, Carnegie Mellon, University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, University of Southern California, Indiana University, Arizona State University. And so, you know, maybe start doing a little bit more of a search. I would definitely talk to students present and, and past about their experiences, the online, particularly the online degree, online degree students and how that worked out for them and the ROI. But really good questions, Maggie. Um, good luck to you. And I hope you make it back to the States for your program or online, you know, whichever works out for you. But really uh, appreciate the question. All right, Brandon, one last question came in through Instagram. I really want to help this person out. Uh, Eddie Photo I, uh, it's it's this the handle. I don't know if I'm getting it right. But Eddie Photo I asks, I'm about to inherit $128,000. And admittedly, I am clueless and careless about money. She's asking me if I offer one-on-one consulting. The answer is no, but I still think we can help her out, right? I think that there are some concrete steps she should take. I would say the thing she should not do is do anything impulsively, right? If you want to just let that money sit for a while while you think about things and ruminate, that's probably a healthy first step, right? Yes, I would agree with that. Uh, it's it's hard to uh, provide any specific advice not knowing anything about you know this person's <laughs> right. age or financial situation. But, uh, Debt, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but yeah, yeah. But go ahead, go ahead. What were you going to say? I, I think she should definitely talk to someone who is a professional in this space, either you know by word of mouth or you know just ask someone who they use to help with their financials. Um, you know, people like myself are available to consult or, you know, learn more about the situation and try to help provide guidance. But yeah, I mean, I've seen my share of people just tear through money, you know, buying toys and silly things. So I think you got to, you know, 
regardless if you're <laughs> clueless or careless about money, um, you got to have, you know, a mindset that, you know, act like you don't have it and, you know, build up, I don't know, a rainy day fund, save for a house, uh, retirement, college, whatever it may be, you know, use this money to your advantage and, I, you know, don't blow through it. Yes. Really, I mean, again, an opportunity for you, Edie, is to think about where you want to be in the next year. Like start really near term, you know, forget like retirement for for the time being and like even five years out, but like, where do you want to be this time next year? And again, we don't know specifically about your situation, whether you have debt or other obligations or what your goals are even. So do that homework, you know, figure out what you want to change, what you want to improve upon, and how can this money go to work for you? So perhaps it's a, this money is a lot of money, $128,000. It has multi-uses, right? So part of it might go towards retirement because you are a little behind with retirement savings. But maybe it's also that, you know, this time next year, you really want to be able to say you're debt-free, 100% debt-free. So a lot of it might go towards debt. But if you don't have debt and you really want to buy a home or you know, do something with your career that's going to require a little bit of an investment, going back to school, taking courses. Maybe you put, use some of this to invest in yourself, right? Just like uh, our friend uh, Maggie, who wants to go to get her MBA. Um, but you really have to just kind of put the money aside for a second and think about what is it that I really want to do? And this is fun. I promise you, this is a fun exercise. Like be a little selfish with your with your desires and your pursuits. Don't tell anyone you have $128,000 in the bank either. <laughs> right? Sure. You've kind of won the lottery. Um, a nice small lottery. And, um, you know, you don't want to go around telling people necessarily that you are cash rich right now, uh, because then that could add on more layers of pressure, family, others asking you to borrow money, asking for money. It happens. I'm, I may be assuming things right now, but I feel like anyone I've talked to, Brandon, you could probably, you know, chime in here. A lot of people who kind of enter an inheritance or a lottery or, or a big, a big windfall of money, um, ten, and then they talk about it and people know about it. People come out of the woodworks, right? And they ask you for money, ask you to borrow money. And you, you don't necessarily <laughs> want to expose yourself to that unless you do want to help people out. I mean, that's that's one other thing too. Maybe you want to be charitable with this. And that's certainly up to you. And that's a, that's a noble cause. But um, but make sure that whatever you do, it's, it's for you. You know, you deserve it. Yeah, you're right. Um, Farnoosh, if she brags to her friends that she has all this money, or he or she, yeah. um, they'll be buying first round out of the bar or club for God knows how long. <laughs> yeah. And here's the other thing about this. It's an inheritance, right? So somebody who loved her, really wanted to look after her, left her this money. And so I'm not saying, you know, do things in accordance with what that person would have want you to, wanted you to do, but I think that's a really special circumstance, right? And so do well with this money, I guess, is all I'm encouraging you to do. Like do well by doing well for you and use this money to invest it in your future, whether that's paying off your debt, investing for the future, investing in yourself. Um, and, and don't feel pressure to try to make a decision quickly. And maybe you do a little bit here and a little bit there, but, uh, I mean, what a nice problem to have, I suppose, <laughs> is like, I have all this money. What should I do with it? But I really appreciate that you reached out to us. Any parting thoughts, Brandon? Well, it's probably an unfortunate situation how anyone can inherit money. So there's probably uh, some kind of a loss there. But um, 
yeah, focus on the road ahead and um, try to do your best to get your financials in order, use it to your advantage and um, yeah, act like you don't have it, I think is pretty good advice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Take your time with it in stride. Thank you for your question. Brandon, you've been so fun. Tell us where we can learn more about you. Trusttreefinancial.com, obviously, but where else do you like to hang out? Well, I, I'm having fun on, on all the social media channels. So, uh, you know, Twitter, um, Facebook, of course, Instagram. I'm also on Pinterest. Really? Um, all these links are available on my website, which is Trust Tree Financial. And most of my handles are similar, Trust Tree Financial or Trust Tree Fin, F-I-N. All right. We'll put all those links as well over at So Money Podcast. Com. Do you ever get back to Penn State, Brandon? I try to go back once a year. It's been hard bringing the kids, uh, as you know, as a dad. It's it's a long ride. Well, for Florida, forget it. It's a bit of a journey. But do uh, do you guys go back for games? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been back there uh, since we've had our kids. Uh, I have now a three-year-old and a one-year-old. Oh. So uh, between diapers and, and potty training, it's really hard to uh, travel <laughs> I hear you. I hear that. I got kids same age difference, and uh, yeah, we'll be we'll be putting that on pause. But but it is a goal for the future to bring their kids back on campus. Listen, thank you so much for reaching out. Really appreciate having you in the audience as a member of our community, and thanks for all the help today. And everybody listening, I hope your weekend is so money. 